Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Perplexed by. I got <laughs> followed by the police last time I ran back home from here. Yeah, did you really? Yeah. On foot or? Oh well, I was running and then they followed me down my road. I mean, so I assume they followed me, but you can't tell for but sure they... because there was another car that had gone down earlier, so maybe it was them they were going after. Just seemed. Did they stop you at any point? No, they oh, just drove but past they were on... slowly-ish. But they were driving. Yeah, 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 driving. Podcasting is not a crime. No, but running in the streets late at night could be <laughs> the precursor or after effect of a crime. True, especially if you're not in running attire. Yeah. That's probably. See, I always, I always worried because, like, going home late, I always worry because I'm usually wearing black. So immediately I think, do I look like a burglar? You're you closer know, to the suspect description than <laughs> in many ways to be honest <laughs> it's like my um i had to my driving license my initial driving license i looked like a murderer but i had to get my license changed and when i did i now just look like a drug dealer so i feel that that's an improvement <laughs> you know i don't look like it's quite as serious a crime that i'm clearly in court for nice right Welcome to Horror, everyone. Um, I'm Lee. I'm Adam. I'm Chris. Uh, and we are fresh out of watching Thanks Killing. So, happy Thanksgiving to all of our uh, listeners overseas. Um, and gobble, gobble. And gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Yeah, that's um, a hell of a tagline. It, that is an amazing tagline. And it suits this film down to the ground. <laughs> um, okay, so... Before we kick off, uh, a few things, uh, just general what we've been watching, etc. Yeah. Um, I personally would like to warn people off, I apologise in advance, um, I watched a film last week called A Haunting at the Rectory, which claimed to be uh, based upon um, the haunting at Borley Rectory. Right, okay. Which... As it's it's in Essex, which is where we're based. Yeah. Um, so I've always had an interest in Borley Rectory. I've visited the site, etc. Mm. It's something that we've all, well, I say we've all, Adam and I have spent a lot of time, I dare say, um, looking into over the past as 
avid fans of yeah, it's, the it's, Supernatural. It's, it, it was, it's, like, it's like local ghost done good. Yeah. You know, it's it, like it's, living just down the road to Amityville. Yeah, would you, you, not? you just think it's... Yeah, it's Go on, I've missed this. Give us a little backstory. Okay, so Borley Rectory was a... It was a rectory, so it was where the priest lived from a church uh, just in Borley, so out Chelm, just out past Chelmsford, sort of way. Um, and it was supposedly the most haunted house in England, mm. and at the time, I think there were, but in the 1800s, so there were, there was a big haunting, and then a guy called Harry Price, yeah, I believe turned up who was um they were a bit like the Warrens of the time. Um so basically they he was just a bit of a bullshit artist and he turned up and made a, a massive thing of it and he wrote multiple books and uh made a bigger thing of it than it was. But yeah, there was supposedly a nun who used to walk the ghost of a nun who used to walk behind the house and the house was haunted and loads of stuff happened. Within the house and within the church, uh, there used to be a, a headless horseman and a haunted carriage, and all you know, all the what we now consider a typical Victorian haunting. Mm. Um, and Harry Price went there and uh, brought mediums, etc. Well, because it was a weird thing, because Harry Price was actually he started off a bit like sort of Houdini or James Randi, he was actually a guy who came in and discredited um, spiritualists and mediums, you know, he like when they were sort of faking table wrapping and manifestations and all that sort of thing. And he was one of those guys who went in and basically blew the lid on it and just said, this is bullshit. He then, because of that, he was saying he wanted to be a... He, he wanted to be a very... Oh, what's the bloody word for it? He just he wanted it to be studied seriously, like the paranormal to be studied seriously, so he um, discredited all these people who were bringing it into disrepute as he saw it, you know, as, as, well, as he saw it, as everyone bloody saw it. But So he broke up a lot of this sort of stuff. He was then very into Borley Rectory, like you say, and sort of took people on tours and everything else like that, and windows would shatter and things like that. And then one day someone shook him down and found a catapult and a load of stones in his pocket. So it, he was, and that discredited him from any sort of future paranormal research and everything because basically he was faking up Borley Rectory to make a bigger deal of what he saw. Wait, as so a, let me just check. So he was discrediting others, yeah, and but then, then using their techniques to yeah. make it seem like this one is more real than all of those others yeah. that I've shown not to be real. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bloody good cover, to be he, honest, he, you know, in a way. He probably had a lot of enemies, though. Oh, this is the thing. I think he pissed off so many people with it. And, yeah, it basically, the, the scandal of Borley Rectory buggered his career. So, what was the film, sorry? It was called... So, the film was called A Haunting at the Rectory. It, it, I got the impression it was going to be a, a dramatisation, a very low-budget, British, independent dramatisation of the events that occurred at Borley Rectory. What it actually was, mm. was um, an hour and a half-ish costume drama about the rector who wasn't servicing his wife. Then they got a gardener in who lived in who was servicing his wife. 
Right. This went on for an hour and a quarter-ish. That's how long he was servicing it? Yeah. Right, okay. And then a ghost turned up and said to the rector, you know there's been murders in this house by monks and shit, you should probably just off him. And then he does. And that is pretty much the end of the movie. It was massively disappointing. Um, So, so don't. Just, just, just don't. But so you you feel confident in spoiling that one be, yeah. just because yeah, because there's no there's at no their own risk yeah. watching that okay it so I'm sorry it was awful but what I did glean from it is the actress who played the wife who was being serviced um, <laughs> <laughs> are you being serviced is in a film I should have written the title down I haven't and I do apologise um, <laughs> I'll put it in the notes but so. Um, later this year, yeah. she's going to be in a film about Nazi werewolf women. Okay. So, at least having watched this and going and checking else, what else these people have done on IMDb mm-hmm. has led to a potential werewolf Nazi movie. So. Well, that's good. So, that's good. Yeah, I like, I like, I like your thinking there. But yeah, so that's why I thought I'd brought, bring it up. Adam, have you seen anything horror-related since the, we last met? The only thing I can think of is I've I think I'm on episode. I've done the first three episodes of the latest American Horror Story. Oh, I've not seen uh, any of American that. American Horror Story cult. I'm really, really enjoying it. It is piss funny. Oh, really? Um, intentionally. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of people having a pop because. Uh, basically, it's um, from uh, it's told from the point of view of uh, it starts on election night when Trump becomes elected, <laughs> and Sarah Paulson is a uh, woman who's absolutely destroyed by this knowledge. Uh, meanwhile, um, I can't think of his name, Evan Peters. Um, is a local man, we're not sure quite where it's going as yet, who is so pleased that Trump has been elected, he fucked the telly while Trump was being elected, then covered his face in Cheetos so he'd look orange. And there's a lot of bizarre shit going on there. A lot of people are making a big deal about it online because a lot of people are saying, oh, it's, um, it's bashing the political right and it's bashing Trump and everything. And I think they're really failing to get that it's doing both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Because the because basically Sarah Paulson is representing the, the sort of liberal left. Yeah. But the worst version of both but, sides. But yeah, it's really, both sides yeah. of it are just sort of... Because, I mean, it's there's things like they... Uh, uh, she's, she's, a, a, she's a married uh, lesbian who is assured that Trump is going to end gay marriage, so that's going to be annulled mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's triggered all her previous phobias and things like that. And basically, she's being tormented by clowns, who may or may not be real, but being this American horror story, it probably is. But they've even brought in things like someone is making trucks drive up and down her street with gas coming out of it, you know, where it's like the sort of chemtrails sort of thing and yeah. what are you putting what are you doing and everything. But she's becoming she's becoming more basically, um, she's ended up defending her home and shooting someone 
but she's uh, the person she shot is Hispanic, so all the left she's are now calling her it, a yeah. racist, yeah. and she's kind of being forced into the arms of the right because they're basically saying, "Well, you shot someone on your property. That's not illegal in this country. Mm. You thought you." It was reasonable, false, and things like that, and it's just That's turning into this sort of twisted, fucked up yeah. thing. But it's, but like I say, it is just brilliantly funny, mm-hmm. uh, just on all sort of counts of it. That's probably the best way to go if you're trying to cover something like recent events. I think yeah. I, th- it's I think it is hard yeah. to do it seriously, mm. probably from again from both sides. Yeah, that sounds good. That it's, sounds really it's, so far, like I say, it's the first. Uh, I've watched the first three, um, and yeah, I just can't wait to watch them. I think I think there's another. I think I must be another one at least that's been broadcast over here. So I think they might be a bit further in the states. I think they might be a week ahead. But yeah, definitely worth checking out so far. And I mean, I like. I've always liked American Horror Story, but this one. Is just really appealing to me, just how ludicrously, just it's playing both sides yeah. of the of the coin. But strangely enough, the political right seem to be, or people who have a political right leaning, who also watch American Horror Story, a lot of them seem to be just thinking that it's immediately right bashing, and. If anything, it's like, oh, you're suggesting to me that the political right don't have that much of a sense of humour. Oh, that's strange, <laughs> isn't it? You know, yeah. and it's a shame because you know, back in uh, back in the day, you know, the right were right up for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just to go back, so the film I mentioned earlier from the woman who was in a holding at the rectory, the film is called Werewolves of the Third Reich, and the actress who was actually really good in this, which was the reason that I looked it up. Is called Susie Francis Garton, and uh, yeah, I see that she's playing Ilsa Cock, who she is, is who is a real, who is Cock. a real genuine Nazi. Oh, really? Yeah, she was. I think she was like one. Of, she was one of the noted uh, camp, like concentration camp guards. So, like Ilsa, she Wolf of the SS. Yeah. I think that's what I think she was. I think she was called like she was like the beast. I'm, a, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware of the Ilsa movies. I've not seen them because they're not my cup of tea. But I'm I'm aware yeah. of their existence. Um, Chris, have you seen anything horror related? Well, that's a good question. I wanted to just have a follow up question, which was, you haven't talked about that. Is that forcing us to hint at our political leanings? No, no really. Let's not touch <laughs> any of that shit. I don't think so, but I think that it's just. I think if it's knocking both ways, then it's doing the right thing. I, I'd agree with that. I think if it upsets either nobody or everybody, it's great. Exactly. Don't that, upset one that group could over be, another. In some instances, that could be a logical fallacy, but on the whole, it does feel like it's yeah. heading in the right direction. But it could just be upsetting both badly. I mean, the thing is, it, I think it's also, we're on the third episode, so fuck knows where it's going, fuck mm. knows what, yeah. where it's linked. And as I say, it's, there's been a lot of stuff, a, a lot of the imagery for it, which does come into play a lot with American Horror Story, which I, I love the, like, the opening titles always sort of bear. Their opening titles are always epic. Mm. So, so, so. But there's a lot of B imagery. Now one okay. of the thi- one of the things that's come up that the, one of the, the insect yeah. yeah and one of the things that's come up is that uh, one of Sarah Paulson's phobias or Sarah Paulson's character's phobias is uh, trypophobia the fear of like t- 
tiny holes in things. Have you seen okay. this? There was a big thing online about people who just get freaked out by images of tiny holes, and so that's a beehive. the beehive. But also, one of the they've they've got neighbours who are saying about the beehive is a perfect macrocosm for society because it's everyone working together to one whole okay and obviously it's called cult so i don't know where we're going with that but okay. i'm assuming it's sort of going to be drawn in i it don't like the model. how we fall into cults mm, without yeah. realizing it well i think Perhaps. well certainly i think there's an element where it's like isolation it's creating a further isolation and vulnerability from someone from their position in society mm. so i think yeah i do like the multi-layer thing they always have in american horror story where as you say, as soon as you think you've got a, a hang on what it's, where it's going, mm. and as you say, furthermore, where it's possibly pointing at, you know, poking an issue at society, mm. it's always got all the the further levels that come out later yeah. in the season. Um, I think American Horror Story is amazingly written. Um, I know some seasons have fallen flat for me, and I've kind of struggled to get to the end of them. They're but I've quite, always quite got different. to the end. They are no, massively yeah. different. Oh, that's pretty good, really. Yeah. It's, it's amazingly mm. written that the yeah. fact that they can make it so compelling, despite the fact the stories are so entirely different. I find they, uh, I find uh, as as they go on, I think certainly, I think the f- the very first series um, is the only one that doesn't suffer slightly. That all the others have an element of unresolved. Yeah. In so much as there'll be certain characters who you think are going to be important and get dropped out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a total tie-up in season one, whereas the later ones have have left left that out and left you. But, interesting, you've got stuff like you've got characters from Coven in Hotel and stuff crosses over. I mean, to the point where, like, Roanoke ends up with Sarah Paulson playing three characters, essentially, because she's playing the actress in the Reconstruction playing the part of another character, then the actress in real life, yeah, and also the journalist from uh, one of the previous seasons as well at one yeah. point, and it's just, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, the way I like to think of it is I think of it like carry-on films. <laughs> you know, it's like you're sitting there going, is this a Sid one? Is, is he in this one? I don't know. But, yeah. That's possibly, you're possibly the first person to draw that... Uh, Simile, but it's it's good. It's, Thank you. Um, so I'll briefly answer your question, your original question, which was uh, I haven't watched any horror lately. Um, I've been watching The Good Place. Don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. No, I don't no. know what that is. Um, so it's, it basically covers lots of different philosophical ideas, but it's all about what happens to you when you die. Oh. And it's got Ted Danson in it, so that did help me. Ted think, I good. thought I thought I've got to check out. Obviously, he's not been on anything that I've seen for many years. Since Becca. Okay, I only saw Cheers. I didn't ah, see. You didn't see Becca. No, you need to see Becca. Okay. Shawnee Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, wasn't he? Um, I think he was in CSI for ages as well. I think. He oh, did, I, I think he did one of the CSIs. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so I thought this was a pretty good role for him. It certainly fit him as a generally seemingly nice, but with a little bit of a cheeky darkness to him so anyway it's i think it's worth watching but i like it because it's all about philosophy it almost felt like it was written just for me but you know <laughs> that's always I, good that is always yeah. a good thing i've been though, forcing yeah. shelly to watch it as well and uh i think she likes it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and i also watched the first two episodes of the star trek 
Oh, the new one, yeah. yeah. I've the heard good things one. about that. I, I like it so far, yeah. I've yeah. never gotten into Star Trek, but I like the new movies, I'm, which I know is Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure they're trying to make them so that you don't have to be really a Trekkie to, to appreciate to get them. It. Yeah, so I think they're doing a pretty good job of that. Um, I mean, it seems to me like it's based on topical events, as far as I can tell. Okay. So is it is it post... Is it post everything else? Is it like post Voyager and stuff, or is it? I, I don't actually know. Oh right, the, okay. um, No, in fact, yeah, I really don't know. Because there was because I've not read anything about it. I didn't even realise it was coming out. I just saw it on Netflix and I clicked play, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Worth watching on Netflix if you've watched other Star Trek. Um, is the captains? Okay. William Shatner goes around and interviews everyone else who was a captain on oh, Star Trek, including, including the guy who is Kirk in the films who he challenges to an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> okay, he fucking does. Yeah, outside, <laughs> outside like Universal Studios, Jeez. and they have an arm wrestling contest. The bloke obviously just boom, and he goes, "All right, then, best of three. <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes and interviews um, Patrick Stewart, which is just a dream yeah. anyway because it's Patrick Stewart yeah. and mental. Um, Kate Mulgrew who you get the impression if the interview had gone on half an hour longer they'd have punched each other mm. if it had gone on three hours longer they'd have fucked <laughs> um, and and the best thing is the bloke from Deep Space Nine who just ends up only communicating with him through song mm. and just keeps playing the piano and like no, no. <laughs> and so it was like that. Yes, it was. My word. And you're just like, you're fucking cracked, aren't you? <laughs> Even Shatner's silenced by it, you know, and that's something. Okay, I'll, I'll check that out. Mm. Okay, and on that note, I think we should probably delve into the uh, the inevitable topic, which is our main event this evening, which is Thanksgiving. Um, Adam. Do you have a... Thanks Killing, 2009, actually had its US premiere on the 6th of December 2008 at the Sacramento Horror Film Festival. Nice. It was released on DVD on the 17th of November 2009. Other DVDs that came out, coincidentally, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, Ooh. Up, the Pixar film, Nice. Uh, Angels and Demons, the Dan Brown thing, Dead Snow, Yes. Um, Bruno, Sacha Baron Cohen... Uh, Park Chan-wook's Thirst uh, Korean uh, vampire yeah. film Blood the Last Vampire anime mm-hmm. um, Jim Jarmusch's The Limits of Control the remake of Taken of Pelham 123 G.I. Joe, Joe Rise of Cobra and shouldn't have watched that buddy yeah Wrecked Franklin which is a great film if you've not seen that that is really worth a watch I've not uh, Terminator Salvation and a re-release of the original Godzilla Wow. All came out and this, uh, uh, we're on the DVD shelves next to it. Wow. Uh, the US chart for that week, Christ on a bike is disgusting. <laughs> uh, Jason Derulo, Owl City, Jay-Z and Alicia Keys, Jay Sean featuring Little Wayne, Miley Cyrus, Lady Gaga, Jay-Z, Rihanna and Kanye West, Britney Spears, Lady Gaga and, Tan- and Taylor Swift. Quite frankly, that is a reason to end it all. It is. No also, also, I'm quite. I have to say, I'm quite impressed that both Jay Z and Lady Gaga are in twice. Mm. So, yeah. which is, if nothing else, is numbers. But yeah. Well done, Lady Gaga. Fuck you, Kanye West, <laughs> and Jay Z, <laughs> and everybody else. Um, 
It's uh, and the writer, director, producer was Jordan Downey, mm. uh, who was also the voice of the turkey. Oh, was he really? Yeah. yeah. Um, his other film, his other film is Thanks Killing Three. Yes. And he, but he's also done some short films, including one called Craw Lake, which obviously relates to Thanks Killing. Okay. And um, he also has done a short called Critter's Bounty Hunter. So it does link oh, up wow. with last week. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, yeah. Um, so that gives you some background. What happened to number two? Okay, so so Thanks Killing 3, I, I didn't... I, I saw it a long time ago, um, and I didn't get a chance to re-watch it again. But as I remember, the plot of Thanks Killing 3 is that the turkey in Thanks Killing is a real person, is a real actor... Who is that turkey? Um, um, <laughs> so right, right, so it's not a puppet, it's a real, genuine yeah, yeah, turkey yeah, actor. Right, yeah. okay. Uh, and Thanks Killing <laughs> 2 gets made and does not get released. And the turkey is so upset about it that he goes on a rampage and kills everybody who put down Thanks Killing 2. Right, I really like the sound of that. I yeah. think that might be, well, what? this time next year, lads? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, because um, we've got to see that. I remember it being not quite, I was going to say, not quite as linear as this film, but this film is not in any way, well, no, it, it's, it's, it's... It's perfectly linear. It's, there is, I think there's no one place. flashback sequence, it's an amazing flashback that's, sequence. And that's amazing, I love the, the, um, the cartoon stuff yeah, that they Yeah, the animated like. stuff is brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so just as a bit of a run-up, I'm assuming everybody will have gone out and seen this in advance, for those who haven't, this is a proper... This is Chris's first introduction to real indie horror. This is somebody who's had a vision and has basically gone out and got a credit card and has just made a film on what they can get on that credit card. This could have only cost... A few thousand. This is literally somebody getting their friends and a video camera and making a film with it. Um, and it's brilliant. The problem with proper indie like this is there is so much shit which is in, just absolutely unwatchable that you will find that for every Thanks Killing or Cottontail or It's My Party, you will have to watch 20 painfully bad films to get to these ones that are actually really good fun and a really fun concept um, and actually work. So I've saved you the shortcut because I've spent years going through all of these. You can buy them on Amazon and stuff for like 50 movies in a box set for like 10 quid. Yeah, and... Of those, you will have to watch those 50 movies and five of them will be good and the rest of them will just be insufferable. It is panning for gold, isn't it? It really is. It, it's hard work. But but I've saved you that and I've just brought you Well, I, I this think movie. you've done a great job. <laughs> you know, psychopathic, demon-possessed uh, turkey running around killing people, cutting off the face of one guy... <laughs> And convincing them all that that's who he is. I love that. And I love the fact it turned up at the house in a fake nose and glasses <laughs> and the guy thought it was a real man, but just dwarf. Yeah. Was, I didn't realise you had a midget friend. You know? Yeah. That 
probably was my favourite sequence of the whole thing was just then them sitting at the table Here with the a shirt, turkey, yeah, in the turkey costume <laughs> and just the uh, sort of like, oh, did you did you just did you just say fuck? <laughs> what? I'm not allowed to say fuck because I'm short. It's not the height of the fuck. It's the, the age of the fuck. <laughs> How old are you? Well, I'm around. 510 five. years old. Fuck it. Yes, that's okay then. <laughs> he was great. Mm. I think also it's it's with these sort of with with a film where you've got a, a budget like that, and I mean obviously, quite frankly, you weren't going to make a serious killer turkey film. But I think it, <laughs> that they they are one. It's wonderful to see it because they are in on the joke. It's not mm. the. It's not the Edward thing of, you know, someone does it in absolute earnest and it yeah. comes off badly. You know, it's just, yeah. They it, knew what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. And they did it absolutely mm. perfectly. It's, as you, as you said, when we first got into it, you were like, you know, are these, these are obviously caricatures mm. of people they've seen in horror films. So even the, the actual people who were acting were just, really hamming it up and just playing as you said they were playing more stupid than the turkey the turkey yeah, was yeah. way smarter than those than that group of people and and it also you have the um obviously they're sort of like working in terms of the archetype like the nerd the jock yeah which is the I mean, essentially, it's the classic American teen lineup, yes. horror, rom com, yeah. whatever it is, you know. And um, but again, just take boiling that down to its yeah. utter essence. Yeah, I just love the fact that all all the f- philosophy that came from the jock was based around football. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, I can't, I can't even take a break. Uh, uh, what was it? I can't... Uh, oh, we can't even have a time out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was, I'm not going to make it to end of play. And, yeah. yeah, and the fact that him and his dad have not spoken. So I was, I was going to say, right? You said let's not necessarily expect anything too profound, but you know, pointing out that was possibly good. Yeah, the, the difficulty of a relationship between a jock and his father. Yeah, he just wants him to be number one. Mm. So that's but it pretty did make difficult. me laugh that he said when he turned up at the house and he said to his mum, yeah. "You know, we've not spoken <laughs> since I was made." You know, since I was removed from the starting quarterback and I'm only the, you know, the second, you know. Uh, so we haven't spoken in two weeks. And he yeah. was like, well, it's two weeks. No, that's not a big family feud for two weeks. And it's it's just... it, actually, it almost harks back to what you were saying, Chris, with the Wolfman as well, where it's that thing of, like, right, we've done that sequence now, so yeah. stop being upset. Yeah, you know, we're the, now in a new scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're in a new scene. They, they did that. Yeah, you you don't worry that you've just had your <laughs> yeah, parents killed. Or whatever. Yeah. Your friends are mutilated and yeah. their guts are hanging out. And Yeah, that's all right. Now you're a badass trying to kill a turkey again. Yeah. It was great, that last scene as well, where they think that they've finally yeah. resolved it all, and he says, well, yeah, literally three hours later... You know, I don't like to think of it as losing my parents, but gaining a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you haven't even kissed her yet, and your parents were dead not 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, how have you gotten over it? But, but again, it's that whole in-joke and that whole... Yeah. I, I think they did almost, really, a better job of highlighting 
things like that and you know spoofing films but still in a funny way then some higher production spoofs manage yeah yeah like the um what are the the massive ones that they do every year or so um what like a scary movie or yeah scary yeah, movie exactly those, that's yeah. what i mean like those uh i just i've i watched the first one i think i might have watched the second one but yeah i just I don't find them as funny as something like this. Yeah, so like, is... I find them entertaining enough. Like I could watch it, and it, you know, I don't expect a huge amount. Like there'll be a few quite good jokes, but yeah, I think actually somehow in this they've managed to, I think so, like because, you said, distill mm, them down. It's because it feels like this was written by somebody who watches a lot yeah, of horror yeah. and actually understands it, rather than somebody who saw the five big horror movies last year and is yeah. just trying to poke fun at them. This I, is I a think really loving... Mm. It's, a, it's a loving mockery of the... But it's also an original mockery because it knows the tropes of horror, but it's not just, oh, we'll do that sequence from Scream, that sequence from The Exorcist, yeah. that sequence from this, or like that sequence from The Ring or whatever like that, and it's sort of... Yeah, they've got enough of an in-depth <laughs> knowledge... To make it a blanket thing of this character would be that stupid and would. <laughs> so <laughs> you laughing at? I, I am laughing at. Uh, it's just in my head. It's popped back though, and it's bad. But scary movie four ha- is like a signs spoof. You know the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the alien. Um, I love that movie. film. Yeah, and I'm but sure. it's just they have a sequence of possibly the aliens being seen and. But it's all just like YouTube videos. So it's just a cow having a massive shit and then an alien just walks past really quickly. <laughs> and then there's loads of people having like a pool party with two people chugging and then spewing up and then there's just two aliens that were standing there as well with beer. <laughs> and sorry, that just came back to me and I, I will rate that. But and, but back to Thanksgiving, I think they, they've gone... It is an original story. Mm. There's no... Other There's nothing from it that's direct, but you can see the line of because you've got the monster, the origin of the monster, like the curse side yeah. of it. You've got um, them hunting and, for the, the yeah, group. and 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 you've got and you've got the sort of the teen archetypes as well. So it is yeah. all sort of yeah, it's is a spoof but original. Yeah. it's the the themes rather than. Oh, let's get the ghost face mask and then make yeah. it stunned. Yeah, no, that's that's what I love about this. As I say, it, it shows that the people who wrote it really know their shit mm. and really know. It's it's love, and it's it also it's, it's love. It's it's um, and it's also an effective use of what you've got. Yeah, we haven't got an amazing budget. We know we can't do this. We couldn't do this well. So let's deliberately make it poor, if you see yeah. what I mean. Like that, you know, everyone's deliberately wooden. Yeah. And you know, and it's. Well, I think it's that just getting your friends yeah. in. Like that's the thing. It's people who love the genre mm. and don't have a million pound budget who just want to make a film. And just go. Well, we can get our friends, and they can come and do it, yeah. and then we can save our money for things like the the disemboweling, which looks really good. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the turkeys actually good. The I mean, turkeys are really good. Yeah, and again, when he was radioactive and he was all glowing green, like mm. I don't, 
I don't think that you can in any way knock the effects they had with the budget they had. Because no, so do we actually know what the budget was? I mean, you said you said you may think a few thousand, but do we I, actually I have any know. numbers? Because it would be really interesting to Sometimes know. Sometimes they have it on IMDb. So well, I I'd, I'd love to know exactly what yeah, yeah what they spent on, and then also. What information have we got about the actors? Have they done anything else? Oh, well, the biggest name in this is the, as she's credited as the Naked Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, see, okay. now I've forgotten that as well, that literally, before the title sequence or anything, opening shot is a boob. Yeah. And then a pair of boobs <gasps> running. Yeah. Like, now, when you said that at the start, I was like, that seems surprising that you totally forgot that. And yet, after watching it, I can see now yeah. how you would forget that bit. But that, that, particular, that yeah. particular actress, her name is Wanda Lust. I'm assuming that's not her real name. Um, <laughs> she's awesome. But she, uh, she's obviously a, uh, she's a porn actress. Um, she is in Thanks Killing 3 as the naked astronaut. <laughs> but her, her other her other works tend to be more in the adult industry. Uh, they include such um, beautiful pieces, beautiful works as Mature Kink Orgy Seven, so much better than Six, <laughs> Older Women Younger Men Eleven, and Cock Smoking Grannies. <laughs> um, I've got to say, she looks fantastic. I would not put her in the uh, the granny realm at all. But then again, this was. Oh, no, it was only ten we're, years ago. We're getting quite old Maybe. now. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, okay. But um, yeah, other than that, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, the girl, uh, the uh, Lindsay Anderson, who I thought was the, uh, I thought we were actually going to see the director of If and Oh Lucky Man and Return <laughs> Turns out, no, it wasn't. It was a different Lindsay Anderson, and she plays uh, Kristen. Yeah. Um, she was also in Troma's Terra Firma as the two-sexed freak woman. <laughs> so, you know, big role there. I love Troma. I went and watched um, Class of Newcomb High and Class of Newcomb High 2 uh, not two weeks ago just for my own random entertainment because I had a quiet Sunday. So I was like, That's fair fuck enough. it, I'm going to go and watch Class of Newcomb High because it was it's good ridiculous. Film. It is a fantastic See, that, film. See, that reminds me of Troma. That, again, it's it that absolutely same thing. felt like Troma. I was surprised thing, that Lloyd yeah. Kaufman didn't turn up at some point. Yeah, just as a, that's, as an that's basically the way you know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But um, the guy who played Darren uh, has produced a series of documentaries, uh, including ones on the Boggy Creek Monster, and the Mothman. Oh, wow. Awesome. Well, uh, who was Darren? Darren was the guy with the glasses who um, like was the nerd. The, the nerd, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Mothman is an f- amazing wormhole to get yourself <coughs> trapped into. Uh, right, the budget. Go on. Right, what do you reckon, Lee? Just realistically, go on, you have a guess. For, what, 2009? Yeah. I reckon 15,000. Okay, yes. Chris? <sighs> like... Lots of films cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'll go for 20. Okay. The estimated budget for this film is uh, $3,500. No. But, yeah. Fuck off. Does it tell us anything about what it was spent on? No, because it's just got a, it's the estimated budget, presumably, that they've got from the director. But if you think about it, I suppose... If it's all your mates... Yeah, but how long How long were they needed to do... Yeah, so that's £2,000 to make something of that 
quality. If you mm. if you've got the talent yeah. to write it yeah. and make it awesome, yeah. you could make a film for two thousand pounds. That's it. Yeah. Let's get going. Have you seen? Um, I know that you're a fan of time travel. Have you seen Primer? That is. That's a fucking amazing. cracking film, and that was made for like five thousand dollars. And seriously, man, you will adore that film. It's I amazing. Think. It's okay. truly That's amazing. That's on my list. Primer. Primer. Yeah. I've I've still not watched the follow up. They did a follow up called uh, not follow up, but the same director Shane Carruth. Yeah. Roof Carruth. Uh, he did a film called uh, The Colour Upstream, which sounds like, which makes Primer sound like Moana. <laughs> in terms of it's a woman gets infected with a parasite that you can activate sonically and it makes people their slaves. And then she gets it taken out of her but meets someone else who had the parasite and they sort of fall in love from there. Wow, and I've basically that's one of those ones where I need to set an I need to set an afternoon for that. Yeah, because I want to watch it and I want to watch it properly because that's the thing you have to do with Primer. That is not one you can watch casually. No, at no, all. No, no, can, no, no, Can you give anything away? Oh, so, Primer is a time travel movie. Yeah, it's time travel. Okay. So it's two guys are trying to invent something. You never quite know what they're trying to invent, but ultimately they accidentally end up time traveling. Okay. So it's two guys in a like a yellow self storage. Place right, with yeah. this machine, and they keep using it, but they're trying to use it sensibly, hmm. and but it gets fucking out of hand and really it, fast. Yeah, and, it work, okay. and it works on the basis, you know, the the sort of theory that if you do create a time machine, you will probably only have it, it would be in terms of a portal. So essentially, you can only t- travel back as far as when you first invented the time machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's based on that principle, which immediately makes it just seem... So they're, they're not fighting dinosaurs or anything else like that. Yeah, okay. And they just... Yeah, but it's really... The complications of... Oh, it's... Mm. Seriously, it's unbelievable. There are, pe- there are people online who have made graphs that look yeah. like the carpet from The Shining of this film. It's, yeah, really, really... Really worth seeing that. Um, Another film that was made on a super low budget um, is the zombie movie The Battery, which is the same. Have you seen The Battery? I haven't seen The Battery, but Die, You Zombie Bastards. Yes. Thanks Killing really reminded me of that. Now, I love Die, You Zombie Bastards. Uh, Do I? Do I? Right. Let me preface this. I started watching Die You Zombie Bastards the first time, mm-hmm. and I got probably half an hour in, and I was like, this is a slog. I'm finding this really hard work to even tolerate. It's really weird, and I don't think I'm getting it. And then there came a point where I suddenly decided I liked it, and by the end of it, I was obsessed with it and went and bought a copy immediately yeah. and showed it to a friend, and he... But he he did send me a message and say, you've told me about so many good films, you're a fucking knob. Why did you ever tell me to watch this? You are a piece of shit. And every time I see him at a party and there's a group of us and we're discussing films, he will always say, yeah, but don't forget, you told me to watch Die You Zombie Bastards. Well, we've got to watch that. He's he's wrong on so many levels. (laughs) Die You Zombie Bastards is... Uh, is entertaining in the same way that Thanks Killing was 
probably just more fucking mental. It is definitely more mental. More mental, definitely. But like, um, just yeah, that's what it reminded me of. That reminded me slightly of uh, Dharma versus Gacy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it's that same sort of budgetary level as well. Um, But how Dharma versus Gacy got a famous actress to be in that movie? Oh, Bonnie Aaron's. Yeah. Yeah. Is. No, that yeah. is, that I, is I, don't get me wrong. She probably turned up because she heard exactly the same as we did. Heard what the premise was and went, "Yeah, I'm in." Yeah, yeah but the script is, "I think shit, I'm, I'm there." I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 but I'd, I'd love to know what they'd spend the money on, and I'd love to make him of Thanksgiving. I wonder if I mean, uh, that's, so much of it must have gone on that turkey. I mean, I would say so. It's all. It's a cheap camera. It's all shot by their friends. So the budget is only going to be what they actually used on that movie, which petrol. is going to be a petrol, the turkey, the teepee, yeah, uh, yeah the glowing effect, like. But it, but it's such a. It sounds like we're knocking it, but it, we're no, really not. It's, <laughs> it's so. It's just like I said. It's been a shit week. I needed that. Cause I would I like think... to point out that Adam, when that film finished, I was waiting. We normally walk away and don't discuss the film after we finish watching it until we put the mic on so that we don't lose any of the... But Adam walked over and shook my hand at the end of that film during the credits and said, thank you for that. I really need it. Yeah, I did. I genuinely did. I must also point out, very good animal actors in this. Uh, Jake, who was Flashy the dog, I mm. thought he... He's yeah. a very good account of himself. And those sheep that looked up during the gunshot. That's brilliant. Yeah. Ass-grass. Or, um, oh, yeah. what is it? Ass-grass or, ass, or gas. Yeah. Which I have seen someone in Harlow has got that as a bumper sticker. And It yeah. doesn't work over it. No. It just doesn't. Because then it's ass-grass or, or car. Wait, <laughs> wait. So what does it mean? You're gonna you're gonna give up your ass. It's basically give him some grass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, give him weed, sex, or pay for gas. gas. How have I never heard this before? I think what? much much in the same. Take that baseball cap off. <laughs> don't deserve to be wearing it. One big question that you asked at the start of it, and I told you I had answers. Yes. So we left it there. The music. General bastard. Yes, who, General bastard in the credit. Who is the uh, hermit? Ah. Uh. Oh, okay, with the with the with patch the, over his yeah, eye, yeah, yeah. That, that is General Bastard, who um, is a musician. He wrote uh, the theme tune for this. No, the theme tune is the music for this is really good. It's not entirely him. I think there's there's another guy doing score and sort of. I actually really like the score. I really like the sort of electronic bits. They yeah. were just really good. Um, but yeah, so he wrote the theme for this. Um, he also he plays guitar for the Mentors now, uh, in one of the lineups of the Mentors, uh, under the alias of Lix Alotopus. Um, but I he like also, this guy. But he's also a musician in his own right, general bastard. They're like sort of rockabilly sort of stuff. I think you'd like it, because hmm. uh, he wears a Lucero mask. <laughs> and his other songs include You're Not Special, Emo Must Die. Fuck Kim Kardashian, and I hope you have a heart attack and fucking die. Sounds like AC. Yeah. Really oh, what's like the other one as well? There was one. Simon Cowell is fucking with me. Is another one of his. I songs. need to get some General Bastard in my life. So there you go. That's that's General Bastard who 
Who? <laughs> I'll give him a shoe committed. You well, know, is, I actually okay. did. Yeah. But so yeah, that's 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 pretty much the lineup of the people who are in it. Um, by the looks of it, the family at the end were just the director's family. <laughs> oh, and the uh, the producer is a guy called uh, Kevin Stewart. He was the guy who Ali picked up and was shagging her when the turkey came in. Oh, right. Oh, that's yeah. the producer, oh, who also returned for Thanks Killing 3, doing the voices of Ronda Worm, Pluckmaster, and Meowmia. Yeah, we need, we need to watch the yeah, third one. As you say, we should do that as, as next year Yeah, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It should be. But yeah, I just I, I find this film so much fun. Yes, and I think it's it, it is one of those. It, it's a perfect. It's it's a stoner idea, isn't it? It's one of those you're sitting mm. round with your mates and you go, oh, do you know it'd be amazing? A Thanksgiving movie about a killer turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the studios would never do it. No. It would take somebody just pulling their own cash together and just not not taking direction or getting dicked around by anybody mm. to make a film like this. And it's it's so good. This is why I love independent films. Mm. But as I say, the problem is you have to go through so much shit before you find a movie like this. It it does wear you down, unfortunately. Mm. I think, well, I think, yeah, but then I think, quite frankly, it's the same, it's, I find it the same with any horror. You can watch tons of pretentious art house art house cinema, uh, horror hmm. that's not much cop or it's got no substance to it or anything else like that to find the real gems uh, blockbusters there are so many horror films that do amazingly at the box office that aren't worth a piss so, but <laughs> but every so often there are genuinely good ones yeah. that make a, make a ton of money but deserve yeah. to be so wait, wait are there no good Saw movies None the first one. Is the it first the one first one is good? The first one is okay. a brilliant film. Right. Maybe I'll the watch rest, that one day. Uh, uh, the first one is it's a true Okay. M. And then they just quality took advantage of twist. That yeah. To yeah, so so basically what what works about the first one is not the whole torture pole element, it's the big twist reveal at the end. Oh, okay. Which is amazing. Alright. So people latched onto that and went Oh my god, that wasn't just a wait, wait. shit gory oh, movie. So I just thought because Scream had sort of a twist in it, in that it was their friends, but it was two of them. Because you sort of think, think it's one the, person all the time, and then you find it's two, it's no, not, I, it makes I, more I, sense. Or no, not. I think the thing with Scream is, although that was although the 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 twist element was awesome, it would have worked just as well without it because it had that whole self-referential. Okay. Element to it. I was trying to remember. Everything yeah. about Scream was just well done. Okay. Um, and it was as well with the subsequent movies. I really enjoyed. I mean, it, like it was iconic. Most of those. I guess. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it was Wes Craven, okay. so it was. It was coming from a uh, from a. So a I don't true master think of I've anyway. seen the sequels. I, you know, I sort of remember the first one. You definitely should. Yeah, I mean, so obviously I remember the idea of it, but. Yeah, I'd... what did you make of the screen movies? I've only seen the first one as well. I oh, didn't, really? I didn't bother with the sequels. I enjoyed it. I think I watched it. Um, I watched it. I actually watched it quite late. Not 
at night. I, I just mean I sort of came to it quite late. I think it was like I think I rented it from Blockbuster. That's, so it obviously been at the cinema, been out on you know video and everything. Um, and I mean the first the first one I enjoyed. I think the only trouble is is that by then pretty much all the iconic stuff that made it good mm. was the stuff that everyone kept overplaying in clips and on television and things like yeah. that to sort of like say, hey, look, this is brilliantly done. This is, again, it's that sort of, I think probably like we were saying with this, it has, it's that same sort of thing. It borders into, it. it's, it's not quite a spoof. Mm. And it's also... Interestingly enough, it's really a slasher film because there's no supernatural element to it or anything. Yeah, no, like definitely. That. But I think that I think what it, unfortunately what it did is it then sparked off a good ten, fifteen years of films where people were like, because the, the whole big sale of Scream was, oh, these people know they're in a horror movie. Mm. They know that because it was always like the the rules scene you know yeah, don't yeah. go off alone don't say I'll be right back and all that sort of stuff but then beyond that it was always like people knowing how horror films work and so knowing they're in horror films but really to a lot of diminishing returns yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate to, it's, it's unfortunate it's like knocking something for being the originator of a lot of copies that were piss poor but I think in its original um, thing it was good well it's the same with Blair Witch the Blair Witch yeah. was an, a, a, an amazing original idea, but people took the whole found footage thing and ran off with it in various directions. Which unfortunately sort of walked us down the original... Exactly, yeah, because yeah. you just go, oh, it's just another found footage, and then it, yeah, as you say, then you have a, an issue with found footage and mm. it, it sort of bleeds backwards to the to the original. Well, again, it's like what it's like we were saying, with every, with every element of horror, um, you pile through a lot of shit and every so often you get something like the Borderlands mm. you know which like someone said to you it's English found footage you know with the bloke who used to present the lottery most people are going to assume that's going to be pretty piss poor and it's yeah. fucking brilliant it is a good film I, I've still got an issue with that but we won't cover mm. that for no. um, or if we cover it we cover it when we, we watch yeah, the film exactly yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a really well-made film. And um, I think it's I, again on a super low budget. Mm. Like they made that film for nothing. It was on yeah. a, it was in a really small set. It had possibly three or four sets for the whole film, and it was all shot through CCTV or handheld. So yeah. But again, I think it's the that's one of those films that has the. Um, that has it explained much in the same way much because that was pretty much everyone's reaction to Cloverfield mm. was at what point do you stop filming you were filming at a party yeah I mean the answer nowadays is never never yeah. because the amount of video footage that's out there Jesus fucking wet <laughs> but you know it's like the element where you sort of uh, a lot of um, you know everything literally everything is filmed now mm. to the point where you could you could even create a found footage film that works with 
security, certainly over here, that works with security cameras and things. Because, hmm. I mean, if you think you watch like sort of Crime Watch or those, like real life crime shows, yeah. the majority of stuff is now on camera. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was a, I was listening to, um, I was listening to True Crime Garage podcast and they had a very like recent case. It was a poor girl who, who died um, a couple of weeks back. But she was at a party, and so people are pouring over because everyone at that party, like she's so 19, some, everyone at that yeah. party was like Instagram, Snapchat, fine, yeah. Facebook yeah. Live, and uh, like live streaming on Facebook. Mm. So there's actually tons of footage yeah. for people to be looking at and seeing what happened rather than you know how it was. Yeah. And I think the future of found footage films would be to do it. You know, like um, how Dracula is written, mm. where it's diary entries, mm. um, book, you know, sort of people's journals, uh, letters that people have written back and forth. So and it'd be like, like a collage of, of yeah, of, of, from your phone, film. from your phone, from a bit of. I mean, there's even a case. There was uh, there was a case recently where they've actually two. Um, again, this was in America, but there were two girls who were killed, and they had pictures that they'd put on Snapchat before they died of a man who was following them. So, um, but immediately you've got this sort of weird thing where it's like, shit, you know, back back sort of five years ago that probably wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, there's people, and, you know, there's people who, they can put that out there Mm. rather than, Oh, I think I saw someone at the garage three weeks ago yeah. who looked like this, or oh, maybe he didn't have an accent. Whereas they've now got right. We know this guy's wearing like you know whatever Adidas trainers and a whatever jacket and so on and so forth. Yeah, and it's that there is a sort of I think that's something that found footage really needs to. That would be capitalize. Yeah, capitalize on is the collage element. Yeah, like you say. Sorry, this is, I think that no, is that I think a rant? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that'd be a really good idea. Again, I don't quite know how it would work as a as a feature link thing, but yeah, definitely, it's a. Well, I think weirdly enough, I think that's what that's one that probably wouldn't bear examination in a cinema because people would not put up with the quality changes. Yeah, because that was what a lot of people had a yeah. problem with with. Um, Natural killers and things like that, where they use lots of different film stocks yeah. and things. It's too jarring, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, like as you say, on a shorter scale, or even like as a um, like mini series or something like that, or like sort of two. There was some. I was going to say this amazing short stuff out there. Mm. Like, That's a bit like Black. I was thinking Black Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. You know, that yes. feels like that it could be that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that'd be amazing. Mm. But yeah, because they seem to know modern tech pretty well ages and ages ago that's what I wanted to do Charlie Brooker is just all over everything yeah Uh, uh, well actually I mean like um, I mean Dead Set we should watch that maybe at some point yes that's 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 Charlie Brooker's probably purest horror excursion Mm. rather than sort of sci-fi or tech led or anything it's so perfectly done it's Mm. And is it the same because again another been, spoof? Is it a short? Yeah, it's, no. it was a series. It was two parts. Oh, okay. three parts. Uh, no, I think it was on over a week or something. It was like an hour and a half the first night, and then half an hour the following night. Mm. So it's three and a half hours in total, I think. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, so it was uh, uh, basically it was it started off as an episode of um, Big Brother, but the idea is they're all locked in the Big Brother house. And a zombie outbreak has taken place outside. Uh, okay, yeah. So the people in the house are, are getting news footage and blah blah coming in, and they think it's all a trial and a test right. until people involved in the set start getting it and start invading the set. And <laughs> yeah, because because at first they're just completely isolated. Yeah. But also, Charlie Brooker was said that he was looking at it as a thing where it's designed to be self-contained. They have food in there. Mm. Admittedly, you know they get it's replenished on a weekly basis, but for that initial sort of Short disaster, that you you've, you could survive in there because it's designed yeah. and it's also designed to keep people out. Yeah, you know because it is they obviously it's a closed environment mm. and everything else like that. So the guy from Luther, I've just realised. Sorry, I just watched Luther about two months ago. Mm. Jason from Luther or just Justin from Luther is he in Dead Set? Justin, which one's Justin? So Luther's oh, second the, the, in command. Yes, sorry. Um, is he in there? He might be. I can't remember. I just, Dead suddenly, Set, just thinking about Dead Set. I just remember just suddenly Kevin his face just keeps flashing up as if he's he in. Might, it. He it might. might have been. Not be. Um, but yeah, Dead Set is that was what. Change, but I've always been a fan of um, Charlie Brooker because it, it just his Guardian stuff mm. and um, why you hate screen wipe and yeah, screen yeah, wipe it's, and it's pretty insightful. how telly ruined their life, yeah. modern culture, yeah, yeah. That's mm. like, I've always loved his funny look, it, on, yeah, yeah, and the way that he's inside but sort of not quite looking outside, but he's yeah, got a pretty just, good critical view of what's going yeah, on, of yeah. what he's involved in, mm. um. Yeah, and then Dead Set came out, and it was just phenomenal, mm. absolutely phenomenal. And that was before Black Mirror came out. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you like Black Mirror, you should definitely watch Dead Set. Mm. It, I'm not a fan of zombies. I find zombies have been so overplayed recently again because it's very easy to do on a budget, more so than mm. a lot of other stuff. I found it has become just so well, not so much now. But yeah, in the nineties, yeah, it was and just a flood. It was, it was basically it Resident was, Evil onwards, and then spaced and yeah. sort of stuff. And then twenty eight days later, just created yeah. a whole massive insurge of of zombie stuff, and it it just got really boring really fast. Yeah, but he managed to. He well, I mean, he was he was at the kind. I think he he that it's post Shaun of the Dead, definitely. Yeah. But I think he was still; it was still within that thing before it had trickled down just to such an extent that everything was. And like you say, again, having to pour through hundreds and hundreds of low-budget zombie films, yeah. which actually is is also what happened with uh, Night of the Living Dead, is that you, and particularly Day of the Dead, as you get in the mid '80s, you get a load of a period of a lot of straight-to-video. Yeah, zombie films like there's the dead next door, which is fucking piss. It yeah. really is awful. That has one good thing in it, and that's it. Which is at one point they uh, there's a zombie that's been beheaded, and it eats someone's fingers, and then they just poke out the neck. Like, but that <laughs> but that is literally everything else in it is just is piss poor. I've got to say, 
zombies have never really done it for me. I find them very, I don't know, I just find the whole infection thing, even before zombies were an mm. infection thing, I just found it very boring. It was just, because the problem was, they weren't charismatic. Um, no, they weren't. So I just found it was, so, so, the, so the focus was always on the people. Mm. And I just found that a lot of the time it didn't stand up. So even so, Night of the Living Dead's a fantastic film, mm. but Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead, controversial as it is, I found were very boring because although everybody else said, "Oh no, it was amazing," because the focus is on the people and not on the, you know, like yeah. the constant threat, I found that a bit boring. So it was like, "Oh well, it's just people they're, stuck in a room." And they're, disa- they're disaster movies, I would argue, rather than horror movies. They yeah. have a horror element, but they are. It's the same as adverse weather or the towering inferno or something like that the zombies are a force and also I think a mob cannot sort of like Dracula is the star yeah you know but you can't be like a a group cannot be the star you know what I mean you know and I yeah yeah I think that's what it is It's it's a faceless Entity, yeah, it's no. So you know, if you're locked in from zombies or you're locked in from a flood, it's the same thing. The 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 thing outside isn't the the, the driving force. Mm. The driving force is going to be what happens inside with the people. Yeah. And I don't find that as engaging. Day of the Triffids is much the same thing. Yeah, in so much the Triffids sort of come into it as a you know they are the defining factor. But the main problem, again, to quote Charlie Brooker, is twatty old humanity. <laughs> and I think that's the same with zombie films. The real monsters in zombie films tend to be the humans. The zombies are there, but everyone knows that in Dawn of the Dead, the biker gang are the monsters. Yeah. Because they fuck up the ideal that they've built for themselves there. And, and similarly, fucking Day of the Dead... All the humans are the fucking monsters in that because everyone's an arsehole. I, but then conversely, I like that. But then I think that's just because you tend to um, you tend to approach things that sort of confirm your world view. And I assume <laughs> that everyone's a. So I think if, I, I assume that nothing is going to fuck things up more than human planning. People. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's like the mist, but uh, but the mist. Mm. That, yeah. Ironically, the, the mist works on a different thing. It's the film that proves the the uh, yeah the opposite because the mist again is just um the, the fact that there's things in it yeah is almost irrelevant. It's just mm. the fact that they are in there and cannot leave yeah. But that film works so well for me because I think because the tension it creates between them immediately. That's what I was going to say. I think that's why Night of the Living Dead works so well because that is the immediate response. Dawn of the Dead, they're going, you know, that's they're working the, together. They're working it's... out how to, as you say, how to get around it. And then even Day of the Dead is them is the last bastion of humanity trying to hold it back, and it's mm. gone tits up because they can't. Yeah, and so they're reduced to shouting at each other. But I, no, I agree. I think the mist, the mist is like the immediate effect, and I think that that makes it far more powerful dramatically. Mm. Pro, you know. 
introduced <laughs> you to these films, Chris. Sorry, you've yeah. had a lot to say in the last well, half hour. Well, no, but it did remind me of The Witch, though, because that was mostly focused on the people. But again, that worked for you because... It did. Because the... Because the... I think because the... At the, the outside focus came in enough. Mm. At the end, it overtook every. I, I, I know it does, you know. But, yeah, I just felt that the witch was enough of a, a presence throughout yeah. that film. Whereas for the others, I just felt that it created the isolation. Whereas mm. with the witch, she was getting inside yeah. enough. Whereas with the others, it's they infl- managed to. Infiltration yeah. rather than. Yeah, and the, what, there is a it's, it's, it's the wall, yeah. Game of Thrones. You know, it's the, the, they've got that there to stop everything, and that's the concentration rather than exactly. Yeah. Whereas if it occasionally pokes in and and the upsets thing. things, yeah, yeah, exactly. The thing like is the infiltration. Thing. Yeah, you know that, and it's that same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can't have a zombie infiltrate because well, it'd be fairly obvious because they're grey and. Yeah. Slow moving, <laughs> they smell a bit. Yeah. So moving forward, um, <laughs> we are heading into Christmas territory now. I think we should address this fact. I know. I know that you were saying about you didn't agree with the Christianisation of a pagan festival, <laughs> but you know we will That's celebrate well Christmas. <laughs> we get prezies in a day off. No, well, it's not as good as Halloween, though, is it? So fuck them. But if you got a day off for Halloween, it would fucking hands down. Do you know what? <laughs> I always have two days off for Halloween. Um, Actually, I'm off for Halloween. <laughs> Halloween and the following day, because you have to have Halloween off to prepare for Halloween, and the following day you have to have off for the hangover. the recovery. Yeah, and taking down of all of the decorations. Absolutely, Mark. Who am I lying to? I don't take them down yeah. for at least a fortnight. Um, Spray them silver. They give for Christmas. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, so in preparation for Christmas, there's a lot of films that we're going to be covering. Um, and not just films. I've worked out we've actually got two December episodes. Excellent. Is that from this episode? Yes. So oh, really? Is that all we've got? Yeah, I'm, work- I'm just working Shit. it on the planner. There's, yeah, and one, one of which is Christmas Eve. Mmm. Mm. You lucky fuckers. So... I think next episode we should keep it shortish. That was my stomach. Oh, I'm going for that. That was mine. Um, for the benefit of the tape, my stomach just makes a funny noise like a pterodactyl. So Yes, the... I would. <laughs> so I think for the next episode, um, following on from Trick or Treat, which we obviously did for Halloween episode, I think we should cover... Krampus. Oh yeah, Adam, you've seen Krampus. Yes, and Chris, I would like to watch it. No, I would like to watch it from the point of view of knowing it's the guy who did Trick or Treat. Ah. Also, apparently, I don't know. Michael I haven't. Doherty. I haven't look, yes, I haven't looked further into it, but apparently there are Easter eggs in from Trick or Treat. So Trick or oh, Treat really? was excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the trouble is now I've got high expectations for Krampus. Take trick or treat from Halloween. Yep. Put it on to Christmas. Okay. That is. It's not a. Mu- it's not an anthology film, though, is it? It's a, no, it's, okay. a, it, yeah. it's a linear story, but it has it the gore, okay. the comedy, yeah, 
the famous actors. The flair. Yeah. yeah. It's got everything going for it. It's okay. an amazing film. The opening scene will leave you... Have you seen Zombieland? No. It's the best opening scene you've seen <laughs> Zombieland. Zombieland. <laughs> now there is a good zombie film. Uh, yes. yes. Because the people you want to hang around with. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm was. i still gutted. Um, Zombieland was supposed to come out the day before Halloween um, in 2009, which was the year in which I got married on Halloween. So... My, um, and the year Thanks Killing was released. And the year Thanks Killing was released. So my um, stag do or bachelor party, as it's known in the states, um, I originally wanted to go to Zombieland. I wanted to go to the cinema to see Zombieland, and just take a fuckload of beer in and get arsehold. Um And then they put the film back by two weeks. The motherfuckers. Yeah. So but we didn't get to do that. It was worth it. It was worth it because so, the film that they ultimately created was. Uh, I remember your stag do though because you, I drank all that yellow rum, <laughs> and then I don't even yellow yeah, rum. Uh, yellow rum. Fuck knows what it was. Anyway, I went home, and I woke up the next morning, and I'd obviously been sick, all over my duvet, and it was like. Atomic glow <laughs> sort of yellow, and what had happened was I'd obviously thrown up, thought fuck it, scrunched it up and chucked it off the bed, and then threw up again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a quite a startling. It was a good night. Who oh, was it? I don't remember any of that. I remember again back to indie horror. I remember buying a DVD called Bachelor Party at the bungalow of the damned which we had on in the oh, background yeah. which was similar to the film we watched this evening um, and playing drinking games Yeah. and then I remember at one point I was at that I don't get to that point I have no cut off I will drink and drink and drink until I pass out but I remember at one point being like I'm going to bed you all said no and <laughs> I said all right, I'm going to go and take a piss. And I went to bed. Yeah. And then apparently, you all brought my life-size mummy up to the bedroom and took pictures. I've still never seen the pictures. Yeah. They they did occur. I, I've no idea what happened to the pictures. It's, it's, I, was so, I was so pissed, I, did, I slept in my own sick. It's nine years on and I've still never seen these pictures. I wasn't sick. No. I was not sick. No. But Who took the pictures? I don't know. I just know there were pictures. I thought you were going to tell me it was me and I've got no memory of it. Well, whoever but it was has never released the pictures, so it's probably fine. Well, I'll but see I what I can do for the Instagram for this episode. Then. We'll see what happens. But, um, Pull out all stops. <laughs> I'll just ring Tony. He might have been the only one even vaguely sober. Yeah, because I, I, I remember waking up and my drum kit for the PlayStation was back, which had been at your house, Chris. Yeah, you went and got it. Like a quarter of a mile away, and apparently yeah. we all went out drunk and carried it all back. Yeah. I, I have no recollection of any of that. I just remember needing to go to bed. And they wouldn't let me go. <laughs> I think if I remember, I held the fault. <laughs> and well done. Yeah. So uh, when you say held the fault, we carried a load of shit and you sat in the house. Yeah, I sat in the house. man. <laughs> Same turn the lights off, and it also you, you were worried about losing your keys. Um <laughs> 
and, and there was that stuff that literally no one else would drink but me that tasted like Tixie Licks. I don't remember. I got in a load of strange alcohol. Yeah, there was a lot of bizarre shit. I think some of it might have been Terps. Oh, well. Nobody's blind, so it's all right. Excellent. Right, so that's how this all turns out. So, happy... Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Yeah. Enjoy your time with your family and make sure that you all give thanks for everything that you're thankful for, including the Work on Torah podcast, obviously. Don't um, disrespect the turkey. Never disrespect the turkey no. or a Native American. Um, and equally, if you would like to not disrespect us by going on iTunes and giving us a five-star rating... Um, that would make a massive difference to us and we'd be really grateful. We would love you for all eternity. And we'll read every word that you say. Um, Out and, loud. Yeah, and we will. And we'll all message back as a forward back because we all do. And we really appreciate that. So if you wouldn't mind, that'd be awesome. Yeah, thank you, you lovely people. Anyway, have a lovely Thanksgiving, everybody, and we'll see you next week with Krampus. Take care. Bye. Bye.